to the Noteworthy USA podcast. I'm Ben Fredrickson. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Aaron Halderman. How you doing, man? Hey, good, good. You, uh, obviously, we're still in the thick of the coronavirus. I'm here in Florida, and uh, we're starting to open the state back up. And in fact, I'm, I might even actually get to go to the beach this weekend, which, you know, is kind of <laughs> exciting because I can get more than 10 feet away from the people I'm supposed to love the most. Yeah. So. <laughs> So a little crazy, they, you know, they opened the, some of the mayors, uh, Governor California, Governor Gavin Newsom left it open to some individual cities. So Orange County opened up and Ventura County opened up last weekend and it was like record setting uh, attendance at the beach and like 40,000 people you know, flocking to Newport Beach and Huntington, it was, and, he, and then he got on and chastised everybody. <laughs> so, but in, down in San Diego, where I'm at, you know, they opened up a couple of the beaches and the rest of them are still closed. But yeah, we've had some beautiful weather and, you know, it's, it's a, we're definitely in interesting times, you know, I mean, I feel like a, a little bit we're in a movie, you know, I'm walking the streets and uh, everybody has masks on outside. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty interesting. You'd think we were, we were in a, in, you know, living in a movie, but despite all that, you know, people are getting back to work and I think people have enjoyed spending time with their families, or at least I hope so more time with their kids. And, you know, I look, uh, I look at it as hopefully people had some wonderful times with their loved ones and working on personal improvement stuff and, you know, took, took advantage of it. And for those of you that, you know, are without work, our heart goes out to, to each of you. And we hope you're tuning into this podcast to maybe learn some opportunities where you can work from home. You know, one of the beautiful things about note investing and real estate investing is you just need a computer, internet, and a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's for that and hard work. Yeah. It's, hard. <laughs> it's for that exact reason. When I was in Jamaica, you know, last month, I was like, why go home? I could just continue to do what I do from right here. And, uh, but you know, it, at some point, I guess I had to get back so my wife could do her job, but, or I could have just sent her by herself either which way it would have worked out. But the, um, let's do a, a couple quick housekeeping notes and then we'll get to our, our guest today, which I'm really excited about. So, uh, yeah, first, uh, wanted to let everybody know that the podcast is officially up on Spotify and anchor, and we should have it coming up to iTunes shortly. So we'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe and uh, share the show. And second, uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a bunch of content up there. Just search out Noteworthy USA uh, for some great stuff on real estate investing. We've got some great videos from past events that you can really uh, plug into, like Aaron said, learn and take advantage of this time. And then finally, uh, we're going to be announcing our virtual summer summit in the coming weeks. You know, we've had to Obviously, people are not getting together right now, but we still want to bring uh, value to the marketplace for people that want to learn about notes. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We will be announcing that shortly. Uh, so let's get to the show. Uh, today's guest is someone who actually lives in the same town as me here in Port Orange, Florida. And we we're just chatting before the show started, you know, how about how he uh, is a pilot and probably flies over my house all the time. And uh, today he's going to be talking about, you know, opportunities that you can use to build wealth through your own debts and expenses. And he'll tell us exactly what that means. And, you know, sharing with us how he paid off almost a million dollars in debt in 39 months uh, by adding just one additional step to his financial plan. So uh, today Brent Kessler is joining us from the Money Multiplier. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and excited to share with the audience. Awesome, man. So we last talked at uh, Noteworthy Summit. You came out to our event in Anaheim in February. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of us here could quite foresee what we're living in now. How, how's everything going with you and your family? Oh, yeah, it's going good, man. We're kind of hunkered down, you know, just like you said, um, Ben, you know, the both of us live in the same town. And, 
you know, so things are starting to open up again here this coming Monday, you know, the beaches are going to just like open up to some degree and um, the state parks that they just announced today and then the restaurants are coming back open to a 25% capacity for now. But yeah, so it's, it, it's been some interesting times, you know, I would have never thought um, I would have never imagined going through something like this, you know, so um, and it's probably not the last time it's ever going to happen. It may be the last time in our lifetime, but you know, I mean, I'm sure this is going to happen again, right? Just like it did a hundred years ago. What was it? 1917 or something like that. So yeah, but um, it, it's, again, it's good. Just like you said, Aaron, you know, we're building time with family, you know, personal, you yeah. know, just like getting closer, you know, um, so I think, but of course, you know, there's a part of us that, hey, I'm ready to get back out on the road and teach again. And I think my dog's ready for me to go too, to some extent, you know, like, why are you hanging around the house all the time? The dog's probably saying, right? But yeah, so no, it's been good. And, um, you know, and again, you just try to make the best out of every situation, even though it's not what we all like want, you know, and uh, again, I feel bad for everybody that's struggling and, um, you know, so you would have never thought in your lifetime you would be praising your grocery store workers for what they sure. do. People that work at Sam's Club or, you know, the host Costco and things like that. But I mean, oh my gosh, if it wasn't for them, what would we be, you know, doing, right? How would we, you know, get food and supplies and stuff? So, yep, I definitely want to thank all of those frontline workers for sure. Yeah, no doubt. The, um, the, I saw a thing the other day where it talked about, you said something about your dog, which kind of made me laugh, you know, where people with dogs, the dog's like, oh, you retired to be with me. And then people with cats, the cat's just thinking you got fired, didn't you, you loser? So it's just a completely different dynamic. But the, um, you know, your, your industry, Brent, which, you know, you're going to fill us in on, uh, you just were telling us right beforehand that you've been just as busy as ever is a business that I'm familiar with. I spent a lot, almost a decade in the industry, um, you know, in financial services. And it's a unique industry because when times get tough, it's one of those industries that's really there for people like no other. Um, so tell, give us a, a bit of a breakdown, if you would, you know, what, what it is you do and, and how you're helping people through this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so the concept I teach is called the infinite banking concept. Um, it's how to create wealth, like through your own debts and expenses that you already have, to keep control of your money, um, like all without having to change anything that you're doing. Basically, what we're going to do is build wealth through our own debts and expenses. Um, and the, so the way we're going to do this is without having to lose control without having to take any additional risk, without having to change our cash flow. So all we're doing is we're adding one step in our financial life. And this book right here called Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash, that book completely changed my financial life. I actually heard about this concept for the first time um, back in 2006. So like, I'm a chiropractor by trade. I no longer practice chiropractic anymore. I haven't um, just practiced in an office since uh, 2009. I sold my last clinic in the Kansas City area. I had five clinics in the Kansas City area. I sold my last clinic. And then my wife and I became empty nesters and we moved to Florida, um, which is where I grew up. I grew up on the uh, over in Southwest Florida. And um, but anyway, and then so I moved back here to the town that I live in, like just close to you, Ben, in Port Orange, Florida. And I moved here because I wanted to just just to move into a fly-in community because I love aviation. You know, I'm a pilot and my son's a pilot. And so anyway, I wanted to have a hangar attached to my house. So that's why I picked this town and this community and stuff. But anyway, this concept that I teach, um, and it was, let's see, it was back in 2006 and I heard about it. I was at a chiropractic conference and I heard someone speak about it. And I thought, man, that looks really, really good, but it just looks too good to be true, right? Have you ever seen something that looks too good to be true? And you know, you're like, hey, it looks good, but there's gotta be some catch to it. So anyway, I left that conference in 2006 and I didn't do anything. Yes, I had this book, Becoming Your Own Banker, but I went home, I went back to my chiropractic life. I put the book on the shelf. 
And about two years later, almost, I go to another chiropractic conference. And this chiropractic conference, there was about 10 or 12 of my colleagues that were at the previous conference with me. And the only difference between them and me is they heard the information that I heard two years earlier, but they implemented it and I didn't. And they came up to me and they were just going on and on about how they were building their wealth. They were paying off their debt, recapturing, recycling all of their dollars, all without working harder, changing their cash flow, taking any additional risk or losing control of their money. They just added one step in their financial life. And so I thought to myself, there has to be something to this, right? There's no way that 10 or 12 of my colleagues are lying to me. Maybe one or two are lying, but not 10 or 12, right? So I come home and I tell my wife, I said, honey, I said, we got to start implementing this concept in our life. And at that time, it was February of 2008. We were $984,711 in debt. That's what we owed to the third-party creditors. Now, you're probably thinking, well, how does a guy from Kansas get to be almost a million dollars of debt? Now, I know if you're out in California over there where like Aaron is, that buys a very small house. But in Kansas, you can buy a lot for a million bucks, right? So anyway, I had my student loans. I had my chiropractic clinics. I had the house that I lived in, had a condo at the Lake of the Ozarks between St. Louis and Kansas City. And if you have a condo on the lake, you have to have a boat and a wave runner, right? I also am a pilot, so I have to have my own airplane. Well, it didn't take me a lot to become almost a million dollars in debt. Well, I put this concept, this process into place in our life, and I was able to pay that debt off in 39 months, three years and three months, without working harder, changing my cash flow, taking any additional risk or losing control. I just added one step in my financial life. And I became so passionate about this that I was just telling others about it. You know, I was telling, I was sharing with people what I was doing. And then it, it, it was in, let's see, I started my first, um, okay, so I started this first process in our own life back in 2008. And then in 2012, I made the decision that I'm going to teach this to other people. And that's what I've been doing now for the last eight plus years. I've been traveling around the country, except for the last couple months, I've been doing virtual stuff. But, you know, I've been traveling around the country teaching just this concept and teaching people how to break the bonds of financial slavery they don't even realize they're in and start taking control of their own wealth and them being their own banker in their own life. Well, congratulations, Brent, and thanks for sharing your, um, your triumphs and, and some of your failures as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great people um, out there that are, you know, that teach that, you know, being in debt is slavery, is a form of, you know, slavery and bondage that, that, that we can be in, and, and, and being debt-free gives you a certain amount of freedom and is the fastest tool to building and creating wealth, you know, for, for, for you and your family. You mentioned something that, uh, that I thought was very key, that you watched 10, 12 other people do this before you jumped on it. Yeah. Why don't you share with us kind of the, the mindset and, and, and that, that, that you need to have, you know, why you sat on the sidelines, what you would tell people to, to research and do that are thinking about what you're sharing to not sit on the sidelines for a couple years like you did and take action. Help us, help us bridge that gap. Yeah, exactly. Well, so like a lot of what we've been taught about our wealth and our money, you know, we've learned from our parents, our grandparents, our friends, our coworkers and our colleagues. Right. And I will tell you that I was a Dave Ramsey follower. I would, I would record Susie Orman. Okay, just so I wouldn't miss it on a Saturday night, I would record it. And so I had just been kind of in that, um, so like bubble, I guess, of, of like, just kind of do what everybody else does, go get a good job, you know, contribute as much as you can to your 401k, your IRA or retirement plan. And then when you retire, you would have money, you know, or, or, or that the government would take care of you, you know, the social security check would show up, right? So that's the way that we were taught. That's what my parents, grandparents, you know, that's what they believed. And, um, you know, just being in this debt load that I had, 
and, and again, it just, okay, like the debt, it's not necessarily that it was bad debt because, you know, it was student loan debt. I had to be a chiropractor, you know, I owned a house and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, maybe I didn't need the toys, you know, the lake house, the boat, the wave runner, things like that. But um, so like, okay, so the thing is, is that I was just going, I was running and running and running and I was never getting ahead. It's like kind of being in the hamster wheel. You're running and running and running, but you're going nowhere. So I thought there has to be something else. There has to be another way, you know? And then when this came along and I first saw it, I thought it looked good, but it was too good to be true. And in my mind, I didn't have time to even look at it. I was like, well, I don't have time to look at it because I'm so busy trying to work to, you know, to be able to pay for the stuff that I was doing just to live, you know, week to week or month to month, right? And so I realized later that, hey, I was busy and, and I'm just working and I'm exchanging time for money, time for money, time for money, right? And it, and, and yeah, it took somebody else coming to me and saying, hey, this really works. I'm implementing it in my own life for me to really step back and take a look at it. And then I started to research, well, what does the wealthy do? How do the wealthy get rich? You know, because if you think about it, all of us have access to the same financial tools. We all have access to the same tools, but the only difference is, right? So, okay, so there's us and the wealthy, us and the super wealthy. We all have access to those same financial tools, but the only difference between us and the wealthy is they use the tools differently than we do. So I started studying as far as what the wealthy do. And it kept coming back to this same common thing, this same common phenomenon to where they keep control of their own money. So the concept that I teach, the infinite banking concept, I mean, if you go out and look, it's how Ray Kroc was able to help fund McDonald's and also how he financed the mascot that we all know of today as Ronald McDonald. It's how Walt Disney started Disneyland. It's how Pampered Chef got started by a lady named Doris Christopher before, before Warren Buffett bought uh, okay, um, the company of Pampered Chef. It's how the University of Michigan pays their college football coach, Jim Harbaugh, it's how Foster Farms, Stanford University, J.C. Penney, right? The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Morgans, the Stanleys, the Barclays, right? They've all implemented this concept, right? So I'm thinking, well, I mean, look, all those guys, they put their pants on just like I do, one leg at a time, right? We all put our pants on the same way. I wanted to learn the tools that the wealthy were using, and it hit me up the side of the head back in 2006, opportunity, Again, as, as of the both of you guys know, okay, well, Aaron and Ben, that opportunity, you know, um, it doesn't always come knocking. You know, sometimes it does. Sometimes it slaps you up on the face and you're too in your own zone to know that opportunity is right there. And for me, I sat on the sidelines for two years and luckily, luckily, I had these 10 to 12 colleagues of mine, right, of, in the chiropractic field that said, hey, Brent, this really works. Because if it wasn't for them, I might have put this book on the shelf and never picked it up again. So the thing I would say is that you've got to keep an open mind, all right? In this book, the thing that Nelson talks about, he talks about something called the arrival syndrome. And the arrival syndrome is when somebody thinks they know everything about a certain subject, okay? Now, so like before I met you two, before I met Aaron and Ben, I invest money in, okay, so like notes, for example. I have real estate loans out, like mortgages, the paper, right? I loan money just to somebody. I'm in like number one position on the collateral and I own the mortgage. I'm in first position of the mortgage. But after coming to your seminar, in February, I mean, yes I, yes, I came there to speak, but I'm also there, so I'm going to listen and learn everything you guys are teaching. Well, oh my gosh, by coming to your seminar, I learned so much more about note invest. I thought I knew a lot, you know, but I didn't know near as much as what you guys are teaching. So we get this thing that we call the arrival syndrome, right, where you think you know everything about a certain subject, 
and nobody can teach you anymore. So what I, the thing I would tell people is you've got to keep an open mind, all right? The way that your money's working right now, it's not what your parents taught you, your grandparents, your friends, your colleagues, and your coworkers are doing. You've got to discover the truths about money and how money really, really works, and you need to take control of your own money in your financial life. Let's talk about that a little bit because what you do, like I said, I, I'm, I'm familiar with, I, I spent almost a decade doing financial services and this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about life insurance, right? So this is like cash value life insurance policies that can help people accumulate wealth. I saw some of the most successful business owners that I knew in the central Florida market who were stuck in the great recession, like banks were not lending. And in order to keep their businesses afloat, they had to go to their policies, policies that they'd had for 20, 25 years and had cash just sitting there that they had access to. You mentioned a bunch of people starting companies. It made me think of uh, a baseball reference, which is uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. Every single year, the New York Mets have what they call Bobby Bonilla Day. And they have to stroke a check to Bobby Bonilla, who has not played baseball in like probably 20 plus years now for over a million dollars. And that money to him, I believe, is tax-free because he took, instead of taking a, a big upfront contract, that was part of it. Like they traded and somehow it worked out, but he got this cash value policy that pays him every single year and he hasn't played in two decades. So it's an amazing tool if you know how to craft it, right? So, and there, there's some specific crafting that goes into it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people get the impression that this is a product or a resource only for the wealthy and that it, it, it requires a tremendous amount of disposable income. But I'm hearing you talk about, hey, I had all this tremendous amount of debt. Were you finding yourself cash poor at that time? Or was it like, hey, I, did you have to come up with creative ways to help figure out how to fund this type of policy? Yeah, no, great question. I didn't know about the Bobby Bonilla story. That's interesting. So, um, but, but, but it's the same thing with Jim Harbaugh, with the with with uh, the, right the coach of the University of Michigan football team. Yeah. That's exactly that same story. So Jim Harbaugh is going to be paid way long after he's gone, just like Bobby Bonilla, right? Um, so yes, okay, Ben, it is a whole life policy in a mutual company that pays dividends, but it's not any whole life policy that you've heard about before, right? These are specifically designed and engineered policies for high immediate cash value. Because see, most policies that you've ever heard of up to this point of your life, there's zero cash value in the first year, zero in the second, and not much more in the third. It takes time, right? And people think, well, you got to put a whole bunch of money into these policies and in order to make it work. No, I tell people all the time, I don't care if you make $10 an hour or $10,000 an hour, right? You need to take control of your own wealth and your own finances and keep control of your money. Now, why are we using a whole life insurance policy to create our wealth? That is the machine that's the vehicle that we're using. Well, the reason we're doing that is because this is what the rich do. This is what the wealthy do. As a matter of fact, the number one purchasers of whole life insurance in the world are conventional banks. Conventional banks own more in whole life insurance than all of their land and their buildings combined. Since the year 2013, I believe, banks have quadrupled quadrupled their portfolio, quadrupled how much of this product that they purchase. Now, they're not buying index universal life. They're not buying variable life. They're not buying term life. They're buying whole life policies and mutual companies that pay dividends. Now, why are banks buying so much of this? Is it because they're stupid or know something the rest of us don't know, right? So that's what we're going to do is we're going to mimic and imitate what the wealthy do. And through the policy, whenever you start the policy, as long as it's designed and engineered for high immediate cash value, you are going to start borrowing from the policy immediately. And my definition of immediately is within 30 days. Okay. Now, the thing you're going to do is you're going to borrow that money to pay for the things you're paying for in life anyway. 
your own debts and your expenses, whatever you have, right? Like, for example, when I came to your seminar, I proved to your audience how you're going to get all the money back for all the cars you're going to buy, drive, and own for the rest of your life. So not only do you have the car, but you also get the money back as well. So any product or service, we're able to recapture and recycle those dollars. The concept that I teach is not brand new. It's okay. So like, it's not a concept I invented. It's not a concept that that um, the author of this book, R. Nelson Nash, invented. It's been around for over 200 years. Our tax code has only been here since 1913. There's so much that you can do in this vehicle that you cannot do on any other vehicle on the planet that has these features and benefits. I, I have not found anything that remotely comes close to it, and you are in total control. Now, keep this in mind also. Whenever you borrow money from your policy, and it doesn't matter how much you put in your policy, you could put in $250 or $250,000. It doesn't matter. The percentages that you can borrow are the same, right? It's just a percentage of 250 or it's a percentage of a million, right? So just keep this in mind. When you borrow from that policy, all right, the thing that you're doing is you're not taking your money out of the policy. The thing you're doing is you're putting your policy up for collateral and you're taking a loan from the general fund of the insurance company. So your money is still continuing to compound and grow even though you're using it, right? So for example, if I, and again, this whole thing that I'm talking about, this concept, it's not an investment. Some people think of it as investment and you could, I guess, but it's a process of what you're going to do to make your investment. So I never tell people how to invest, right? So some people like to invest in stocks or bonds or gold or silver or cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, antique cars, you know, notes, real estate, whatever. This is a process of what you're going to do to make the investment and you're able to recycle and recapture all of that money back. Also, this is what Robert Kiyosaki talks about in his book called Second Chance. Now, a lot of your audience and have just have probably read that book where you read right through it and you don't even know what it means. Also, Tony Robbins, I can't remember if it's chapter 5.2 or 5.4 in that book, Money, Master the Game. This Great. is exactly what Tony Robbins talks about, right? So it's not a new concept. It's not something we're going to test out and see how it works. It's something that's been around for two, over 200 years. But you haven't heard about it because if you think about it, are the wealthy people that you know, are they really telling you, how to build wealth. I mean, right, the wealthy people that you know, they're not really sharing with you what they're doing. It's like when you go into a conventional bank, are they telling you about this? Well, most of the bank employees don't even know about this, right? I mean, the employees themselves or even the vice presidents of the bank, they don't really even understand this concept, right? So again, you've got to peel back the onion skin and you got to look and see what's really going on. Because if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do with your money. Awesome. The, you mentioned uh, these people before, Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman, right? So that was like, when, when I was in financial services, those people got brought up a lot and it was usually not a flattering conversation, you know, at least from the, the financial services side because they're seen as anti-financial services in the terms of like, they believe in buy term and invest the rest, right? So somebody comes to you and says that, well, you know, Brent, I'll just buy a term policy and then I'll put the rest into my Roth IRA. I'll go, you know, do this or that, you know, why, why not do that? I mean, what's, what's the benefit of, of being the bank? I mean, Aaron and I certainly know the benefit of that in terms of notes, like being the bank is like the best position to be because you're, it, it's ultimate power and freedom. Right. But if, if somebody's listening to that, you know, and they hear it just constantly buy term and invest the rest. Well, what is the rest? Like what, what exactly does that mean? Right, right. Well, yeah. And again, that's what you hear a lot from Dave Ramsey, buy term and invest the rest. Well, how many people do you know that are really investing the rest? Right. right. <laughs> so like term insurance is basically like you're renting insurance, right? The only way your term insurance is ever going to pay out, and it's never going to pay to you, it's going to pay to your beneficiaries. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but there's no cash value in term insurance at all. 
And out of all the term insurance policies that are out there in existence, less than 2% of them actually ever pay out. So if the insurance company ever thought that you were going to die, right, just within that term that they sold you the policy for, they would never sell it to you. Because if they thought you were going to die, they wouldn't sell you the policy. So no, buying no. term insurance is kind of like going to Vegas and thinking you're going to win, right? That's what I kind of tell people. And also Dave Ramsey, here's what he does. He tells you to live below your means. Live below your means. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because some people, they just need to get out of debt. They need to get back to zero. And that's what Dave Ramsey teaches. He teaches you to get back to zero, to get back to even. But even when you get back to zero and get back to even, then what does he tell you to do? What advice has he given you? I'm not hearing it. I've had colleagues of mine that we've tried to have discussions with Dave Ramsey on this topic, and he won't talk about it. He won't, he won't take, you know, our our okay our calls and our messages and stuff to do that and and so here you have somebody dave ramsey telling you to live below your means have you ever googled dave ramsey's house you should <laughs> you guys should go google it go google the house in tennessee and here's like 20, a guy going, 30 million i mean he spent like 20 30 million on it yeah so again i, I mean so the stuff that he's teaching i'm not saying it's bad i used to follow it and some people need that they need to just get back to zero but then what so if you start now by paying yourself first, okay? And that's what you have to do. You have to pay yourself first. And I know your audience has probably heard that term, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. It goes in one ear and out the other. Well, they don't pay themselves first because here's what they do. I don't even know the audience, but I know what they do. The thing they do is they get their money in, whether it's active income, passive income, however they make money. And when they get the money in, they take the money and they put it in somebody else's bank account, the Bank of Florida, the Bank of Arizona, the Bank of California, and they write checks to everybody else to pay the stuff that they need to pay. But they pay everybody else first, right? They pay the car people, the house people, the student loan people, the, they pay the taxes, the travel, food, entertainment. They pay for, um, okay, so they pay for Susie's piano lessons. They pay for Bobby's soccer practice, and they hope there's money left over for them. You have to start paying yourself first. That's rule number one. Rule number two, you've got to start paying yourself with interest. Because if you borrow money from a bank, you pay them back with interest, don't you? And you never skip a beat, do you? You never, because, because you know, if you don't pay the bank back with interest, they're going to come and pick up the crap, right, that you borrowed from. They're going to foreclose. Rule number three, recycle and recapture the money. So you have to follow those three rules, right? You got to pay yourself first, pay yourself with interest and recapture and recycle the money. And it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you are in life. I talk to people every day. Some people have millions of dollars and some people are having a hard time, you know, just paying the rent this month. Right. And that's why I say and I work with people, it doesn't matter $10 an hour or $10,000 an hour. You've got to start taking control of your financial life. So and then the other thing, Ben, you mentioned is, OK, so the way we've been taught is let's put our money in a 401k, an IRA, a retirement plan, a qualified plan. Right. Well, let me ask you about the 401k qualified plan. First of all, who's controlling that money? You or somebody else? Somebody else is controlling it. Are there any guarantees at all with that money that you put in there? No. Well, there is one guarantee. It's guaranteed to never go below zero. But how exciting would that be if that actually happened? <laughs> Wouldn't that suck? All right. And also, how long do you have to wait to get that money? You got to wait until you're 59 and a half to get it without paying penalty on it. And even when you get the money out, you still have to pay tax on the money. So somebody else is controlling your money and you got to wait to get it and it's not even guaranteed. And some people say, well, I get a match. Not necessarily you get a match because the, because the principal is not even guaranteed. So the match isn't guaranteed either, is it? I mean, yeah, you, you might get a match on zero, all right? A match on zero is zero, right? So now, okay, I got three questions. Number one, is a dollar worth more today or in the future? Today. If you ever forget that, think about, okay, all right, think about how many candy bars you could buy 20 years ago for a dollar, how many you can buy today. Number two, are taxes going to go up or go down? Well, the history over the last 80 plus years, taxes have gone up. 
And even if they don't go up, aren't we taxed on more stuff all the time? And now the environment we're living in now with this COVID stuff, what do you think is going to happen to taxes over the next five or 10 years? Someone's well, got to pay for all this crap. Yeah, right? we just spent about a trillion dollars. Where's that going to come from? And question number three, if you have a choice to pay tax on the small amount of the seed or the large amount of the harvest, which one do you want to pay tax on? You want to pay it on the small amount. All three of those answers I totally agree with, but you are violating all three of those answers by putting your money in a 401k, an IRA, a qualified plan, because what you're doing is giving up good dollars today to be paid with non-guaranteed weaker dollars in the future. You're compounding the tax because the tax is always going to be there. And when you do pay the tax, you're going to pay it at the higher rate. So again, just kind of think of that. And, and then also, last thing I'll say on the 401k and IRA or, or, or your qualified or retirement plan, I want you to tell me everything you know, everything you know about your retirement account. Here, wait, hang on. I'll tell you what you know. You know one of two things. You either know that it goes up or down based on the quarterly statements that you get, and you might know if it's invested in a low, moderate, or high-risk category. But other than that, you guys don't know crap about your retirement account, and somebody else is controlling it. See, here's what we want to do. The thing we want to do is we want to pay tax on our money one time, one time only, at the lowest rate possible, and we want to get that money into a tax-free environment where it's growing, guaranteed, compounding, tax-free, and the government's out of our hair. That's what I think we would want. Awesome. The, um, I think, uh, you know, if, if, okay, so let's play devil's advocate, right? So I'm a guy that is uh, working for the man still. I'm an employee. I've got, you know, a job and, you know, I've been taught my whole life, like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, invest. I'm going to put into this retirement plan. And maybe if I've funded all these other vehicles and I've got some left over, I could put it into this, you know? So somebody says, well, yeah, Brent, the, the stock market historically has done somewhere between eight to 10%. Like what's, what's the return on one of these life insurance policies? How's it going to beat that? Like what, how do you handle something like that? What's, what's your thought there? Yeah, well, so like a couple things with that is that just remember your policy is compounding and growing in that tax-free environment, even though that you're using the money. The stock market is an investment, right? Now, again, all right, so I go on to a more advanced topic where I talk about an average rate of return versus an actual rate of return, okay? The stock market goes on averages. So for example, Let's say that you start with $100 today and you put $100 in the stock market, all right? And at the end of the year, now it goes to $200. So that means, you get, that, means that you made 100% rate of return. It went from 100 to 200. Now in the second year, the 200 goes back to 100. So now you lost 50%. The third year, the 100 goes back to 200. You've gained 100%. And in the fourth year, it goes from 200 back to 100 and you lost 50%. Now that's four years, okay? The thing you did is in the beginning of the first year, you started with $100. And at the end of the fourth year, you ended with $100. But if you want to know the average rate of return on that, it's 25%. So if I would have told you before I just went through that scenario, hey, Aaron and Ben, I got an, a sure-fired investment that you could make an average of 25% rate of return on your money, you would say, hey, I'm all over that. Give me that. I, over the next four years, I want to average 25%. Well, how much of that do you want? In the first year, you put in 100. At the end of the fourth year, you end with 100, right? So you got the same 100, don't you? So the actual rate of return is zero. And on top of that, four years ago, when you put in the 100 bucks, those, okay, that $100 four years ago was way stronger than it is today four years later because today's are weaker dollars. Whenever you deal with a life policy, they go with actuarial data where it's an actual rate of return. See, the only thing that matters in just in the stock market is not your average rate of return. It's what is your actual, what did you make? How much, how much did you put in? All right, what did you start with? And what did you end in? So average rate of return is kind of what they want you to think. And I, I can make you an average rate of return. 
it doesn't matter. It only matters what the actual rate of return is. Got it. That makes complete sense. So this is an important time, right? Because I think right now, and this is something that I've done, I've done it in a number of different areas of my life where you have a lot of time to think because we're, you know, sequestered in our homes and, you know, you got some time to think about, all right, gee, what do I really want here? And it's a great time for, I think, for people to have honest conversations with themselves. Like, all right, am I on the path that I am like envisioning for my life? I, I, I envision I'm going to get to this point. Am I really getting there? You mentioned before, like, all right, I'm stuck on this hamster wheel. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. And I've kind of, I don't know if either of you guys have noticed this just being home, but like you get a thousand foot view of that. You're like, oh my God, I've just been living in redundancy almost, you know, it's just the same thing day in and day out. And so now you're, you're, this is a, a shining opportunity really to, to take full stock of what it is you're doing with your finances, with, you know, planning for your future and, you know, seeing if you're actually on the right path. And if you're not, you know, how do you change it and what, what can you do for that? And I think, you know, being in this moment, it, it sets up a, a great opportunity. So how do people take advantage of, of learn? Like what's step one that they should do to say, all right, what, what do I need to do to like get on this better path of, you know, financial enlightenment, enlightenment, so to speak? Sure. Yeah. And no, again, it's extremely important what you just said, because, um, over the last month or so, you know, going through this, we're all sheltered in place. People are losing their jobs. They don't have money. I mean, you know, you got people that are standing out of their mailbox waiting for the stimulus check to come, right? I mean, yeah. because you need it for survival. Well, I mean, so I'm hoping that people are seeing now that, hey, man, I better do something different in my life because what I'm doing is not working out because a lot of people, as we're starting to see, are one, two, three, four paychecks away from being totally homeless. Whenever they miss a check for a week or two or a month, you know, everything just collapses on them. So that's why I told you earlier that we're busier than ever because people are saying, hey, man, I better take a real look at what I'm doing with my money and how I'm building, you know, my wealth. So it's kind of scary. But I mean, I hope people never get in this situation again. But you've got because some people just they put everything on the back burner. They put their money on the back burner and they're just living day for day and they have nothing um, in case there's an event like this that happens. They just don't have anywhere to go. And sometimes their parents or their children or their brothers and sisters are in the same boat because they've just lived you know, the life where they've lived paycheck to paycheck. And you gotta start taking, you, you gotta start taking control of your own money. And if nothing else, this concept, what it does is it forces you to save. It forces you to actually save money. Now, when you're saving money, you can use the money for the things you're going to buy in life anyway. But anyway, just like we talked earlier, you know, have you ever noticed that a bank, the only time they want to give you money is when you already have money and don't really need them? You know, back when you really needed the loan, I remember when I was starting my chiropractic office, you know, and I needed a little bit of a loan. Oh my gosh, it was like going through a proctology exam, you know? I mean, it was, it, it was painful. And then they only wanted to give me a little bit and they wanted to charge me a lot and they wanted me to sign everything and anything I did have an asset or collateral to, I wanted to, but, but now when you have money, you know, the banks are coming and knocking at the door. Hey, would you like to borrow some money, right? So, Again, we can't depend on other people. We, gotta, we have to take control of our own life. And that's what this concept does. It allows us to take control of our own financial life. Because let's just face it, the only time you've ever lost money in your life is when you've given up control to someone else. That's it. So the concept that I teach, I, okay, so again, so like the first three things that I show people, and I think that are the most important, is number one, I have to show you how you can borrow money at a higher rate than what you're earning and make money all day long. So that's step one, okay? Number two, I show you an example of how to, just how to buy a car, 
okay? And, and so how to get the car and get all the money back. For example, so the way people buy cars is one of three ways. They pay cash, bank finance it, or lease it. Well, the thing that has to happen is that the money that you have to buy that car, you got to give the money to the car dealer. The car dealer now gives you the car. He's got the money, you have the car, everybody walks away happy, the transaction is over. Well, how about if there's a way that you can give the money to the car dealer, he's going to give you the car, but now there's a way you can recycle and recapture all the money back for that car you just bought. So not only do you have the car, but you now can also get the money back. And guess what? If you can do it with a car, you can do it with a bicycle, a boat, a motorcycle, your taxes, a note, a house, a property, whatever it is, whatever product and service it is, we're now able to recycle and recapture and get all the money back. Third thing I show you is how you're going to pay off your debt in a way less amount of time. For example, on my presentation that I'll give you the website so you can go watch it, I show an example of how a guy owed 12 debtors. He owed 12 third-party debts. He owed a total of $470,000, and it was going to take him 219 months to pay all that debt off. Well, all he did is he added one step in his financial life. He added this stupid whole life insurance policy in a mutual company that pays dividends that's specifically designed and engineered for the cash value in the high banking concept. And he was able to pay that debt off, that $470,000 of debt that was going to take him 219 months. He paid it off in 61 months. And he also paid it off with an outside injection of $160,000, all while keeping his cash flow the same, not working any harder, not taking any additional risk or losing control. So those are the first three things that I show you. And usually when you see that, you, it's either going to be one or two things that are going to come across your mind. You're going to say, okay, this is way too good to be true. There's no way this can work this way. It, it, there's got to be a catch. What is the catch? Or number two is going to happen. This is a complete no-brainer. Why wouldn't everybody be doing this? Why haven't I heard about this before? So it's usually either one of those two scenarios. And I will tell you that as of like today, I have right around 2,400 of my own personal clients all around the country, in every state of the country, and 91% of my clients that have started this concept and they've started this process with us have come back to buy more policies. 91%. Now, if this wasn't working for people, and if it was too good to be true, do you think nine, nine out of 10 are coming back for more? Absolutely, right? So everything I do is word of mouth and referral. Hey, look, the reason I got to meet you guys is because of a guy named Kevin Shortell. He introduced me to you, right? Sure. Well, Kevin Shortell heard me speak at this at another real estate event that he was in, right? So everything is word of mouth and referral. And so like what you guys do, what you teach people with note investing, see, I do the note invest. I do that. I do those loans like we're talking about. But see, the majority of your clients and the people that follow you, the way they do it is they have to take money to invest in the note. They got to take the money from somewhere. So the money that they're taking, they're taking it from somewhere where they're currently earning interest on that money in order to invest in the real estate deal or the project or the note. We'll see what I do is I put my money inside of the policy first, and then I take a loan from the general fund of the insurance company, and now I go invest in the note. So now I'm not only making the money with the note investment, but the money that I had is never leaving my family. It's, it, it's never came out of my account. So I'm still earning that guaranteed compounded growth rate on the money, even though I've got it into the note investment. So a couple comments, couple comments. One, Ben, earlier you addressing, you know, taking a step back, reviewing, you know, it takes about 45 days or so to, of consistency to, to develop a new habit or, you know, way of life. I know if you, I think it's, if you hashtag 75 hard, you've heard Ben talk a little bit about that program uh, that he's gone through a couple times and, you know, that's a, another very interesting concept. The reason I share that is like with anything else, this is about getting in a, in a rhythm 
And, and what Brent, you said, it takes about 30 days that you want to open it, be able to get value out of it and start putting this concept to work. The second thing I want to address is, you know, we talking about IRAs. Well, a lot of our, our viewers and audience, including myself and my family, we self-direct our IRAs. Yes. And, you know, we're big proponents of diversification. So what Brent is saying, this vehicle is it's not an investment. You know, you may think it about as that, but you know, it, it's, it's a way of life and getting your money to work with you, for you, and being in control of it. So we're not saying don't self-direct your IRA. The Roth IRA is a great strategy. The Roth, the, the, the solo K with the Roth bucket, great strategies, you know, and, and, and diversification, great. You know, so we're, we're not saying, hey, you know, only do this or, you know, and don't do anything else. That's not what we're saying here or, or, or advising or, or saying to go do it. So I want to address that. Uh, two things to, to circle back on. One, earlier Ben had brought up, you know, how much, what, what's like on average, let's use a, a, a law of averages. They're typically people are using to open up one of these accounts. And there's the second thing. I want to ask is for those people that are licensed insurance agents or maybe want to become a licensed insurance agent, I'd like you to, to address that as an opportunity. If they hear this and, and consider this as, man, this could be a great new career path for me and something that, that I want to do. We live in interesting times right now. There's lots of people without looking for another way to make money you know of course you have to have licensing to to do what Brent talks about maybe give people a, a, an insider look how they could participate that is something for their future and then what we can get started as individuals you know to to get going with an account yeah so um again so uh, even if you were ready to start right now today let's say you're like hey man I really like this and I want to start a policy today well you can't start a policy today. As a matter of fact, it's not a right for everybody to have a policy. It's a privilege, right? Because the thing we have to do is we have to get you approved for the policy. In other words, um, the insurance company has to make sure you look as good on the inside as you do on the outside. So you got to pee in a cup, give a little blood, answer some health questions, right? Then all that information goes to the underwriters. Hopefully they approve the policy. Policy gets delivered to you and you're going to review it to make sure it says everything I'm going to that okay so like just to make sure it says everything i'm telling you it's going to say and then put your policy in force and once your policy goes in force is really when our work begins now look as far as buying the policy from me and hopefully the audience if this is something they want to do they're going to come and buy the policy from us at the money multiplier now i'm never going to get paid a dime from anybody nobody is ever going to pay me a dime i get paid the same way your car insurance guy gets paid when you go to john smith the all-state man to buy car insurance the check that you write is not to john smith you write it to all-state and all-state pays john smith a commission so i get paid a commission off of the policy that you start right so the amount that you start with is basically up to you. So I would just ask, how much are you worth? How much do you want to pay yourself first? Because we're not talking about death benefit. We're talking about cash. And the amount of cash or, or the amount of your premium, okay, the amount of your premium that you're going to put into the policy is up to you. So how much do you want to pay yourself first? And I'll just ask the audience sometimes. I'll say, hey, are you worth at least $2.50 an hour? And yeah, of course I'm worth 250 an hour. I mean, that's yeah, I'm worth 250. Okay, well, great. So what you just told me is you're worth 250 an hour. Well, how much is 250 an hour really? Well, 250 an hour, you work 40 hours a week. That's 100 bucks a week, 400 bucks a month, 5,000 a year. So you just told me you're worth paying yourself, right? 100 bucks a week or 5,000 a year. But then when I put it that way, sometimes people say, well, maybe I'm not worth 250 an hour. Okay, well, what about a buck 25? A buck 25 an hour is 50 bucks a week, 200 a month, 2,500 a year, right? So you decide. I'm never going to tell you how much premium to put in the policy. You make the decision, but you got to start somewhere. You got to get in the pool if you're going to learn how to swim. You're not going to learn from standing on the pool deck. No, don't dive into the deep end and you've never been in the pool. We'll start you out. We'll put on those little floaties. 
just on your arm. We'll put you in the baby pool. We'll get your feet wet, your ankles wet, your knees wet, and so on, right? We'll work our way down through it, okay? So as far as starting, that's how you start. So it doesn't matter where you're at. The main thing is just to start. Now, as far as the, the question about licensed agents, I have a handful of producers on our team at the Money Multiplier that are licensed agents, right? Now, all the people, and, and, I, and I always hate to say all, but I can almost assure, and I'm, I'm sitting here just like looking at my assistant, and she's shaking her head yes, all of our producers on our team were customers first. They were customers first, right? Because you got to be doing this in your own life in order to be able to talk to other people about doing it, right? And again, also, we're very selective of who we're going to allow to come on our team because, because of the concept that we do, this infinite banking concept, you know, as, okay, so like in order to design your policy the way that it needs to be properly designed, the agent has to take at least a 60, 60, a 60% cut in their commission. And a lot of agents just aren't willing to do that. They're not willing to take that cut in their commission. I designed my policy, or again, all right, so I designed your policy exactly like my policies. Now, I have 19 of these policies, and I put almost a half a million dollars a year in my own premium, and I buy at least one policy every year, okay, sometimes more. My policy is designed exactly the way that we're going to design your policy. So there's no secret way that I'm designing mine that I'm not designing yours, right? My children have their own policies. My children have bought their own houses with their own policies, right? So we're using this concept. We're practicing this concept that Nelson Nash taught us. So yes, there is opportunity for people that are licensed agents that can get passionate about this concept and, and, and so people that really wanna serve others, that wanna serve, see, to me, this is not a job. This is not a, this is not a, um, a, 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 like a career or a work thing. This is a mission. This is a mission to serve as many as God's children as I possibly can and help them break the bonds of financial slavery they don't even realize they're in and take control of their financial life. So, if a person can get excited about this, then yes, we will train them. They can come on as, as a producer on our team and we help them to serve their friends, colleagues, coworkers, you know, the people that they refer in the industry. And I've had people like, anyway, all right. So I wrote a book here. It's called Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery. It just came out about, um, what was it, a, a month ago? And anyway, I wrote it with a guy named Chris Noggle. And you know Chris Noggle. And yeah. Chris was the one that really pushed to write the book. He really wanted to, he, he, he just wanted to do the book. Well, Chris Noggle is a producer on our team at The Money Multiplier. He used to be a financial advisor for New York Life. And Chris will tell you, nobody ever taught him this stuff at New York Life. He's been a client of mine for six, seven, eight years, I guess. Um, you know, I mean, for quite a while. And he decided, well, yeah, yeah. And, and so the thing is, is just that he had a TV show on HGTV called Risky Builders, right? Because he's into the real estate industry. And his show got canceled at Risky Builders because Discovery Channel bought out Risk, uh, so Discovery Channel, they bought out HGTV and weren't taking on any just uh, new home shows. Sad for him, but lucky for me, because he got really passionate about this. He was using his own policies the way we teach it. And he said, man, I want to start teaching this. And now he's just, I mean, all over the place. I mean, again, I'm not a big web guy. I don't do a lot of stuff online. But if uh, you go Google, you know, his name, Chris Noggle, and look at all the, he's on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I mean, I'm lucky to check my email on the computer, right? <laughs> I'm not very tech savvy, but, but again, just when you hear him talk about it, he's very, very passionate about this and how it works. And yeah, that's what we want. We, if, if, if somebody wants to come on our team, then we want them to be serving the people in the right way, right? We want the policies to be designed the right way. And that's why every policy that any one of our producers write 
it has to come through us first before we let it go out there and put our name on it, you know, the money multiplier. Because once your policy starts is where our work begins. Remember earlier I told you about that map where the guy had $470,000 of debt, he paid it off in 61 months instead of 219 months. Well, the thing we do is for each of our clients, we design those money multiplier maps for them. Not just one map, we design those maps every four months, three times a year. And the reason being is, is because everybody on this call, their financial life is not stagnant. Wherever you're at today financially is not where you were one, five, and 10 years ago. And it's not gonna be where you're at one, five, and 10 years from now because you're gonna constantly go through life and it's gonna change. You're gonna buy things, sell things, windfalls, downfalls, raises, demotions, right? Things are gonna happen in your financial life. So we have to update and give you a new map for where you're at at that time in your financial life. So that's what makes us unique is how we service our clients. We're all about servicing. I have a talk with my team all the time. Hey, say, hey, when somebody agrees to start the policy, they get approved, they go through the underwriting, they pay the premium into the policy. That's just the beginning. Now our work really begins. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I want to commend you. I, I, I find you to be extremely passionate about the industry. It's not something I was ever passionate about when I was in it. But, uh, you know, it's obvious that you love what you do. You're serving other people. That was my favorite part about being in financial services was the service aspect of it. And I know that stems from you being a doctor and, you know, my wife's a chiropractor as well. And, you know, so I completely understand that it's a, it's a, a, a different type of, uh, uh, relationship and service, you know, all across the board, uh, that you're doing. So I love it. Um, I want to let the audience know that, uh, Brent is, uh, very generous. He's giving away a 10 part video. If you go to the money multiplier.com and scroll to the bottom of the homepage and click on the member area. After you watch the video, uh, he will do a 30 minute strategy call for you, which is really, really cool. So you can learn more about this, how it will directly impact you. And uh, Brent, how, how else can people connect with you? Yeah, no, and again, so that's a good uh, way. Um, again, all right, so, okay, so like our website is themoneymultiplier.com, www.themoneymultiplier.com. Um, they can also email me, brent at themoneymultiplier.com. So brent at themoneymultiplier.com. Um, and again, I'll just throw out my cell phone number for texting, okay? And so I'll give that, and that number is area code 785-248-9637. Again, 785-248-9637. And then also, Ben, on that that you mentioned on being able to go watch that 10-part series of how this concept works, there is also a downloadable attachment on there where you can follow along with the examples, all right? And I wanna throw one else thing to you too. If anybody is interested in the book that Chris and I just wrote, Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery, either email or text me. And the thing I'll do is I'll send you a book. You just pay five bucks for the shipping. Five bucks for the shipping. Okay. And again, I don't even know how to do that. And I guess my assistant will, will figure it out, but okay. But again, so the book, what we'll do is we'll send it to you. You just pay $5 for the shipping and we'll send you that book as a gift. That's awesome, man. And I think uh, your daughter, Hannah, might be remiss if we didn't mention that you were also on Instagram at the.money.multiplier. I know she She's the one that was responding to me on there, I think, okay. uh, to, to coordinate this podcast. <laughs> so, She's over here laughing. She's my, yeah. and my so, daughter. Yeah, it's, 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 it's her world. You just live in it, right? That's right. That's right, man. I, I just show up and do what they tell me to do. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brent. I, I really, we really appreciate you appearing on the podcast. We're so glad to have you. And uh, you and your family stay well. And if we can serve you in any way, you just let us know. We're always got your back. Absolutely. And guys, hey, listen, I just want to put a shout out there to you guys and what you're doing and what you're teaching people. 
Um, I mean, look, I was blown away with the content and what you brought to the event in Irvine. This was my first event with you uh, as speaking. And um, I, I would just, uh, and again, please, please feel free to use me as a reference if, if somebody's on the fence of whether they should attend one of your virtual seminars or live seminars when we get back to the live seminar mode. Um, again, the content that you bought, the speakers that you bought, I, I mean, and so people loved it. They, they absolutely loved the material that you presented. And, and, and so kind of likewise, right, Ben, what you said is you can see how passionate I am about what I do. I can really see how passionate you guys are about what you're doing and serving people in, in the note industry and in the real estate industry. And I would highly recommend, and I go to a lot of these things. I mean, I was doing 50 to 70 events a year before coronavirus hit. Now I'm doing a lot still, but just on virtual stuff. And a lot of them are, are events. They're real estate associated events and even other note events. And I'm telling you, man, you guys bought the A game to the table. So I applaud you. you for that. Thank you. thank you. Yes, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Well, uh, Aaron, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? No, thanks for listening in, and we'll we'll see you at the virtual summit, and then in December, early December, we'll see you in Orlando for the convention. God willing, we get back to normal, right? So uh, everybody stay and be well. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Noteworthy USA podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button and share on your social media channels. We appreciate you. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye.